Hi everyone, I am Sangeeta, working as research optometrist at Shankar Netralia. I welcome you all to the next episode of Snippets. For today's episode, we have Dr. Bhaskar Srinivasan, Senior Consultant, Department of Ocular Surface and Cornea Services, Shankar Netralia, Chennai, to enlighten us about the different laser-based refractive error corrective procedures. Let us listen to Dr. Bhaskar. Over to you, sir. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Bhaskar Srinivasan, Senior Consultant, Cornea Refractive Surgery at Chankanitraya Chennai, and I would be giving a brief overview on laser refractive. What are the uh, indications for refractive surgery? So the indications are basically to reduce the dependence on glasses or contact lenses, to reduce any anisometropic errors in uh, either eye, which forces the patients to use contact lenses, uh, but primarily it's more from a cosmetic point of view. Uh, sometimes an indication could be uh, that they want 6-6 vision for a particular job. And in certain situations, uh, it helps to improve the quality of vision, especially in patients where there is, say, a corneal scar or some factor in the cornea which uh, affects their quality of vision. So what are the types of refractive surgeries? So you could classify refractive surgeries as those based on the cornea or keratorefractive procedures and those based on intraocular processes such as the concept of phacic intraocular lenses or the concept of presbyopic lens exchange uh, which is also uh, called as clear lens extraction with multifocal uh, intraocular lens implantation. Laser based refractive surgery is the commonest corneal refractive procedure performed worldwide with excellent efficacy and safety. However, it is not without uh, its due risk and a detailed preoperative assessment goes a long way in improving not just the immediate but also the long-term efficacy and safety of the procedure. A pre-op assessment basically uh, includes the fact that the patient should be at least 18 years or more uh, because we do expect the refractive error to stabilize by 20. If there is a change in refraction, he or she is not an ideal candidate for the procedure at that point of time. The patient should be off contact lenses, preferably for about a week or two weeks prior to the uh, surgery, especially systemic uh, diseases that affect uh, the wound healing such as connective tissue disorders or a patients with uh, diabetes probably are relative contraindications for undergoing the procedure. A family history of ectasia is also a contraindication and if the patient is pregnant or lactating then we would probably want to wait at least a couple of months for the hormonal status to stabilize. A detailed uh, ocular uh, evaluation should include preferably a cycloplegic refraction. The slit lamp evaluation we are basically looking at any reason for uh, an abnormality in the cornea and if there is a presence of a corneal scar uh, then based on the depth of the scar the option of whether you would want to consider a surface ablation versus the option of microkeratome lasik or of lasik can be considered. A detailed preoperative uh, surgical procedure uh, investigations or a detailed preoperative evaluations uh, before uh, deciding on safety or suitability of a patient for refractive procedure includes a corneal topography or preferably a corneal tomography which gives us an idea about the corneal contour both the anterior and the posterior surface. Uh, it gives us a very good idea about the anterior and the posterior surface elevation, the corneal thickness and the correlation between the thickness to the elevation uh, becomes very clear in the four quad map that is uh, displayed. Uh, helps us plan our treatment for these patients. Uh, specular images of the endothelium, you don't want to be doing the procedure in patients where the endothelium is unhealthy. A total corneal and an ocular uh, aberrations might give you an idea that particular patient might be 
a suitable candidate for a corneal topography guided treatment or an ocular um, aberration guided treatment. An investigation of corneal biomechanics uh, helps us predict the possibility of the eye becoming keratoconic post procedure. The uh, measurement of axial length is, uh, is important prior to procedure especially if you are dealing with very high myopes and in certain situations using uh, OCT for epithelial mapping helps us identify corneas with subtle irregularities. These investigations basically help us identify an ideal patient for refractive procedure. If there is evidence of increased corneal curvature beyond what is normal, increased posterior elevation beyond normal limits, a preoperatively very thin cornea or a displacement of the thinnest point of the cornea significantly away from the central axis are features suggestive of keratoconus and if the machine indices also show us a possibility of keratoconus either in the topography or the tomography machine or if the corneal biomechanics indicates that the biomechanical strength of the cornea is weak then these patients would not be a suitable candidate for laser refractive procedure and you might have to consider an intraocular procedure like a fake intraocular lens to uh, correct their refractive error. So the relative, just to reiterate, the relative contraindications for a laser refractive procedure would be somebody with a connective tissue disease, somebody with dry eyes, patients with fuchs dystrophy, uh, presence of a history of previous viral keratitis. Coming to the types of refractive procedure, you could uh, classify it as a surface ablation or a flap-based procedure. Surface ablation could either be in the form of photorefractive keratectomy or what we commonly do these days is what we call as advanced surface ablation procedures which basically includes epilacic uh, which uses a microkeratome to peel off the epithelium as a sheet uh, or the use of LASIK which uses alcohol to create a cleavage plane between the epithelium and Bowman's membrane to get an atraumatic epithelial removal or the option would be for something called as a trans-PRK which uses the excimer laser itself to ablate the epithelium. Once the epithelium is removed, an excimer laser ablation is done on the surface to correct the refractive error. LASIK on the other hand involves creating a corneal hinge based flap that can be done either using a microkeratome or using femtosecond laser. The flap is lifted and this is followed by excimer laser ablation of the bed to correct the refractive error. Again with uh, LASIK and epilasic, you can have customized treatment programs something called as topography guided laser ablation or corneal wavefront guided laser ablation. These two are based on the corneal topography or the corneal aberrations and if the corneal aberrations or the corneal topography is, is not very regular along with the refractive correction these aberrations or these irregularities can be improved. The idea of these procedures is to improve the quality of vision beyond what the patient has presently with glasses. The improved corneal shape reduces the higher order aberration. The other uh, treatment program would be something called as a wavefront guided treatment which includes both the corneal and the intraocular aberrations and tries to correct these aberrations in addition to the refractive error of the patient. The aim being to improve the quality of vision beyond the 20-20 or 6x6 that these patients might have. The other way of doing a corneal refractive procedure is called as SMILE which basically uses a completely femtosecond based platform to cut the cornea in a small area and remove a lenticule of tissue. So let's look at the range of uh, refractive errors that we are looking to correct with LASIK or advanced surface procedures. 
you could probably correct up to six diopters of uh, error. Some surgeons correct up to nine, up to eight diopters of error, but with higher errors, there is a higher incidence of haze, and you would need to use mitomycin uh, for a certain period of time uh, if you are ablating uh, a higher error with epilasic procedure. With LASIK, you can correct to 12 to 13 diopters also. With SMILE, the uh, corrected uh, num the maximum that you could correct would be 12, 12 diopters when you combine both the spherical and the cylindrical power. With ICL or phakic IOLs, the refractive correction is much higher and even up to 20 diopters you could expect to correct. When you look at advantages of epilasic over uh, a LASIK based procedures, obviously the fact that the cornea is not cut means Theoretically, the biomechanical strength is the best in epilasic as compared to uh, LASIK based procedures. When you compare femtolasic versus the microkeratome, we get a lot more precise flap diameters in femtolasic as compared to microkeratome, and there is less possibility of flap related complications such as a free cap and a buttonhole in femtolasic procedures as compared to microkeratome. When you compare SMILE with femtolasic, the advantage of SMILE is it has better biomechanical strength, lesser incidence of dry eye post SMILE as compared to post femtolasic. And the benefit also goes in the fact that the delayed flap complications in terms of flap displacement, flap folds uh, and trauma to the flap are not seen in SMILE as it involves a much smaller incision. What are the preoperative limitations when you look for laser procedure in these eyes. Uh, someone with a pachymetric value of 450 microns is not a candidate for laser refractive surgery. If the pachymetric value is less than 500 microns, it would be preferable to do a surface based treatment and LASIK or SMILE would be an option only if the error is small or if all the other parameters are normal. The minimum residual bed that you would want in LASIK and SMILE is 250 microns, which is the bare minimum that you would want to leave behind. But most people would prefer to leave half of the initial corneal thickness and there are studies which look at percentage of tissue ablated which basically includes your flap thickness and the amount of tissue ablated with respect to the overall thickness of your cornea and you would want to be within 40% of preoperative corneal thickness uh, to be safe. When you are doing a myopic laser refractive surgery, your corneal contour becomes flatter post procedure. However, this can have implications for quality of vision. Approximately 0.8 diopters of decrease in keratometric uh, value occurs per diopter of refractive correction, uh, myopic correction and about 1 diopter increase in K value occurs per diopter of hyperopic correction. So we need to have an idea what our end keratometric value is going to be after a refractive procedure. Even though there are no cutoff values, we do know that a very flat cornea might have issues with quality of vision. If your, your preoperative K is very flat and your refractive error is very high, uh, you might want to then consider a non-laser refractive uh, based procedure to correct the refractive uh, error. Every surgery has complications, so you do get complications in laser refractive procedure also even though they are very rare, very rare. so you could have the, uh, possible, the, the possibility of a haze uh, which occurs in PRT or epilasic. There is a possibility of flap related complications in LASIK uh, such as microstri or folds. You can end up having epithelial ingrowths. Uh, infection is a possibility in both PRK and LASIK as such. Um, LASIK can also have the uh, possibility of having diffuse lamellar keratitis which basically is an inflammation in the interface. 
uh, an increase in intraocular pressure can give rise to uh, cleft in the uh, interface and uh, this can over a period of time even lead to stromal keratitis which is called as pressure induced stromal keratitis. In smile you can end up having a tone a lenticule which can end up causing uh, irregular astigmatism. The laser ablation itself could either be decentered uh, and that could cause issues with quality of um, vision. Regression again is an important aspect so the patient has had a good refractive correction initially and then over a period of time there is uh, a recurrence of a mild refractive error. So if a patient complains of that you would first need to check the uh, uh, repeat the refraction again you would need to check the topography to see if there is any change in the corneal uh, shape which accounts for the change in the refractive error. Uh, look at the epithelial maps because uh, epithelium might be masking certain areas and that could probably be responsible for the mild regression that you are seeing. Check the axial length, there could be an increase in axial length of the eye which could explain the mild regression that the patient is having. Check the lens densitometry, early lenticular changes uh, such as a lens induced myopia can also cause an apparent regression. When you are looking at a cataract surgery in a post laser refractive surgery eyes, and you need to calculate the lens power. The first and most important step would be to get a topography done to check how well the treatment is centered. Based on the machine that you have, you can enter the available data in the ASCRS calculator. Aim for about a 0.5 diopter myopia. Tell the patient about the possibility of a residual error in spite of all, safe, all precautions that you take in calculating the intraocular uh, lens power. Preferable to use an aspheric IOL for a myopic refractive surgery patient and it's preferable to opt for a spherical IOL for a hyperopic laser refractive surgery patients. So this uh, in brief is the outline as far as laser refractive surgery is concerned. What would be the indications? What are the contraindications? What are the preoperative evaluation that you would uh, want to see and a brief outline about what are the complications and since most of us are uh, cataract surgeons understanding the importance of doing a good IOL calculation in these eyes. Thank you. Thank you sir for briefing us about the different types of laser refractive surgeries along with their indications and contraindications. Thanks to all the listeners. We will come up with the next episode soon. Stay tuned. Bye.